G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, the tensions continue to mount on Ukrainian borders and diplomatic efforts are in overdrive trying to hold back Russia on the brink of an invasion of Ukraine. 150,000 Russian soldiers, warplanes and military hardware have been engaging in nuclear drills and exercises in neighbouring Belarus, as well as naval drills off the coast of the Black Sea. High-level talks have been aimed at preventing all-out war. Peter Westmore is a former president of the National Civic Council and publisher of News Weekly. He's been monitoring the developments and casting a Christian view over the issues. Peter, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much to be with you, Neil. Peter, you see Russia as not the same Russia today as the old Soviet Union, but... Vladimir Putin acting in similar ways to the old Soviet ways. Uh, your thoughts here? Well, firstly, I, uh, I have been to Russia and, um, uh, or specifically to Moscow. And uh, while I was there, I made it my business just to try to make some sort of a judgment as to what's going on um, in the country, but particularly in re- regard to um, to the issue of religion, which under the old communist uh, regime was suppressed and controlled. But what I found is that the situation today is really quite different, and that is that um, today, certainly for the Orthodox Church, not so much for other Christian faiths, but for the Orthodox Church, there has been a colossal revival of not only... um, of um, belief but also of practice and this is a paradox because in the west we've been through a period of increasing secularization and if you look at irreligion um, in russia after the end of the communist era there has been a reconversion of russia back to orthodoxy and um, you know just walking around moscow i um, went past a number of churches and after I'd gone past about my third one I thought look I'd better go in and just see what's going on in there and what I saw just ordinary people dropping in to pay a visit and um, a high degree of religious um, of religious faith and people being able to practice completely freely so it is clear to me that this is different from the old Soviet Union but I think the interesting thing about the trans the transition that took place is it wasn't uh, a complete removal of the communist influence which we did see in countries like Poland and the Czech Republic and in the Baltic states where once communism was uh, the communist regime left power the people who took over those countries all uh, uh, ensured 
that people who are former communists were no longer in governing positions in the country. Russia was quite different, and that is when, under Boris Yeltsin, was he, he uh, in a sense, resigned from the Communist Party, and the Communist Party from that moment on no longer was ruling Russia. But the whole administrative structure and the bureaucracy who had been put in place by the Communist Party, they remained in place. So they turned up the next day. They weren't communists anymore, but they were still doing much the same thing. And I think if you think about that, that helps to explain why Putin, who's a former KGB officer, um, why he is now the president of Russia, because there was never a full process of the removal of that communist presence or blight on Russia. And there is now a sort of a somewhat, um, it's sort of somewhere in between. It's not a Western democracy. Um, it does have aspects of democracy, which I think some people have been critical of, um, but not certainly not a full democracy. And, um, we've certainly seen Putin and his allies ruthlessly uh, suppressing people who oppose them. So it is a sort of an autocracy, uh, and Putin's at the top of it. Okay, so, so there is, is a, is in a sense, you're saying there's a silver lining in what has been happening in Russia with the almost religious revival in Russian Orthodox yes. Christianity. But the yes. communists are still in charge and yes. they perhaps have some ideals of re-annexing some of those neighbouring countries. And you've yes. got Putin at the top who has straddled all of the change, but he may be wanting to make his mark on history. Any thoughts about Putin as, as an individual? Yes. Well, uh, I think he is uh, pretty typical of that sort of bureaucratic class which were involved in running the old Soviet Union. And I think he, like them, uh, will be somewhat cautious. I, I don't think he's likely just to, um, just to embark on a war which he is likely to lose. He's much more likely to do the sorts of things which he did in the annexation of Crimea, uh, which it was part of Ukraine. And what happened was, I think in 2014, people woke up one morning and Soviet special forces or Russian special forces had simply seized the whole of Crimea, which is a province of Ukraine. Uh, and um, it was done so quickly that nobody was able to do anything about it. Even the Ukrainian government couldn't do anything about it. So I think that's the sort of person he is. I think I would describe him as sneaky and um, devious. Peter. Uh, and he, but he also understands Russian nationalism. And there is a sense, um, Ukraine has a f very special place in the Russian sort of psyche because, um, in fact... Uh, Ukraine is regarded as the centre of Russian orthodoxy. You know, there are great monasteries and churches and so on in Ukraine, which are regarded as a bit like the way that um, that Christians, say, in England, would regard St Paul's Cathedral or um, Catholics would probably regard St Peter's in Rome. In the Russian orthodoxy, those big 
centres of religious devotion actually happened to be in Ukraine for complicated historical reasons. You bring about a significant dimension. I don't know is being reported very widely, but it may be that a revival of Orthodox Christianity uh, may see uh, something like an invasion of Ukraine as uh, bringing the central headquarters of Orthodoxy into their control again. Uh, Look, I would be sure that would be one factor which is in the minds of a lot of Russian people. And Putin, who is a past master at using people, would be would understand that and he would know that from within Russia itself there would be a lot of support for an occupation of Ukraine and also I think from the Russian Orthodox Church there would be uh, there would be support for that because after Ukraine was given its independence the Ukrainian Orthodox Church became independent of the Russian Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church reacted very negatively to it. So there are factors inside Russia itself which are playing into Putin's hands. But it's also true that that, uh, if Putin were to invade Ukraine, he would be breaching um, uh, an agreement signed by Russia in 1994, known as the Budapest Memorandum, in which he, or in which Russia, guaranteed the territorial integrity of Ukraine. So they promised not to invade it at that time, and that's not that long ago. But at the same time, I think Putin is not going to let himself be constrained by a little matter of a treaty signed sort of, uh, you know, 28 years ago. Peter, how can we make sense of this from here in Australia? Why does Ukraine and the possible invasion by Russia matter to us here in Australia? Well, I think, Neil, there are two things I'd say to that. The first one is, if Putin does invade Ukraine, it will, in a very major way, destabilise the whole of Central Europe because since the fall of Soviet communism, there has been an agreement as to where borders should, should be within, uh, within Central Europe and uh, that agreement has been more or less followed with some exceptions by Putin, but more or less followed, certainly followed by every other country in the region. So this would be massively destabilising. Secondly, if he invades Ukraine, it would also be signalling to the West, which has indicated its support for Ukrainian independence, that, that Putin and the Russian state will... Um, ignore their, the treaties which they have signed in order to reassert control over Ukraine. And I think closer to home, it would be certainly interpreted by China as further evidence of a weakness of the West and particularly of the United States. Uh, and we've seen that after the American withdrawal from Afghanistan, which was a defeat for the Americans in Afghanistan, um, the Chinese have been emboldened by that to push harder into the South China Sea to make more threatening remarks 
about Taiwan, to threaten to invade Taiwan, to effectively annex Hong Kong. And I think all those things have happened as a response to what is perceived as Western weakness. So I think both Russia and China will see, um, would see uh, a, a successful annexation or occupation of Ukraine as being further evidence that the West is weak and therefore they can push harder. Well, how do you think you apply a moral compass to the way Christians might see the possibility of war uh, with a Russian invasion of Ukraine? Uh, Firstly, uh, uh, Neil, I don't think there's much likelihood of Australia being directly involved in that. Um, And in fact, I feel very sorry for Ukraine because even though America and other countries have offered them support, everybody has made clear, all the countries of the European Union and the United States have made clear that they will not commit ground forces to defending Ukraine. And my own fear is that unless they give Putin that type of, uh, if you like, put that roadblock in front of him, I fear that he will invade. Now, of course, doing that, stationing American troops, presumably with an invitation from Ukraine, in Ukraine itself would, would, would be taking a further major step. And the Russians would certainly see that as an escalation. But unless we do that, I, re- I do really do fear that there is not enough um, reason to persuade Russia to invade Ukraine. So I am very, very fearful that that could happen. I don't think it's likely to end up being a, a wider war if they do invade Ukraine, simply because absolutely no one on either side would want it to become wider. Um, but I do think that it would have very negative consequences for Western nations in general, uh, the United States, obviously, the European Union, and in a more distant sense, but in a direct way, Australia, because it would embolden China particularly to be even more aggressive in this part of the world. Well, Peter, I look forward to some more updates along these lines. Uh, Wonderful insights today uh, with your own personal experience of Russia and you're monitoring these things, following them carefully. No doubt there are contributors who are writing for News Weekly. Peter Westmore is former president of the National Civic Council and is publisher of News Weekly. And let me point people to the website for the National Civic Council, ncc.org.au. ncc.org.au. Peter, thanks so much for your insights today on 2020. Very pleased to be with you, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.